You're listening to Dole Capital. On this episode of Dole Capital, you're with Ben for one of our occasional segments of Benno's Brief. I'll be talking to you about what's on my mind and hopefully it will either be entertaining, interesting or even motivating for all you cage rattling tragic out there. So today we're going to be answering the question, how do I get my union to return my calls or how do I get my union to actually support me in fighting for what we're concerned about at work? But first, this show is on Patreon. We do have a Patreon account. You can show your support for this show and for Dole Capital. Uh, And it wouldn't be possible without the support of our supporters. You can donate to Patreon. So that's www.patreon.com forward slash Dole Capital. Please like, share and subscribe to our show and leave a review on your preferred podcast app. Thanks again to our supporters who've helped us with our podcast, well, I'm sorry, our broadcast hosting fees and equipment. We're keen to update our equipment further and we'll be looking to add more content with your support. Before we get going with today's Benno Brief, just reminding you that we're recording on Ngunnawal land and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and future peoples whose sovereignty was never ceded and who we express our solidarity with struggles to end continuing injustices for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So, stronger together doesn't mean strength leads to heavy lifting. The frequently used slogan by many unions in Australia and beyond is stronger together. My personal favourite in the ACT was the Australian Bureau of Statistics Delegates Committee who had a banner which read, Strength in Numbers. It's all very good. We're assuming here, dear listener, that you get the idea that being a union member is not just a good thing to do or for your wages and conditions, but is also a key way to engage with other workers around you and, ideally, about empowering yourselves. But for a lot, it's all very well for a lot of us lefties who talk about workers having the potential to transform the world, but if you're not actually unionising or sharing ideas with co-workers about Um, the politics of work they're not separate activities you can do both Uh, through listening engaging and sharing information you're not really doing much to empower yourselves or your workmates so assuming you've been a good little unionist you've recruited workmates to the union you've passed on union information around the workplace had the odd chat about what's happening at work and maybe even become the local delegate you've identified an issue and the usual methods haven't worked i.e. you've gone and raised the issues with your supervisor or then gone on to talk to your manager and you've run into this problem that you'd like to get it sorted and you then think, I need to contact the union office because they can help me. Um, Or you've got the situation where you're a union member that has worked out there's an issue and it's bothering you and your co-workers but you think you need some assistance from the union office. The problem is the union office won't return your call or calls The local organiser won't respond to your emails or your calls, or you have to wait a ridiculous amount of time for a reply. You get a reply to an email weeks after sending, you get a phone call message, and there's no pickup when you return the calls uh, for many days later. Well, there's a couple of ways to get around this frustration, and here's what to do as a former organiser. My advice has been to people I know who've found themselves in the unusual actually all too usual situation of being an active unionist and not getting a response from the union office is you need to do a couple of basic things and then i'm going to talk about the headspace that you have need to have when um 
dealing with the union office to get things done to assist you and your co-workers having an issue looked at and raised and hopefully resolved um, through local activity. So what to do? One, well, you need to arrange a time and a place to meet with co-workers that you think would suit most. Hopefully you know the other union members at work, but you could always go and ask around uh, your other co-workers that you know are in the, are in the union. You can um, ask for topics, arrange for, um, ask people what topics they'd like to have to talk, but in particular suggest the issue that they've uh, previously raised that you think is the key deciding issue at work. Organise this meeting at a time and place that's going to be the most convenient for you and your colleagues. Have the meeting, give some lead time for it, and has, uh, work out someone to take notes of the decisions made at the meeting, record who was there and the like. Minutes, if you like, are um, uh, useful here. Then you've, after you've had the meeting, very clearly work out what were the key decisions from the meeting and report it back to the union office. So email the union office and the organiser and let them know that you've had a meeting and what the decisions were. And then sit back and expect contact from the union office very quickly. If you don't hear within the next couple of days, follow up again uh, is my advice. Things not to do with this situation is don't threaten the union organiser or the union office with resignations. If you are, the classic is being threatened with people saying we're all going to resign, I'm resigning, we're all going to resign unless, you, unless the organiser comes out and meets us. Uh, don't do things like create a task list for the union staff to do to help you uh, resolve the issue at work. To be really clear, you're not the boss of the union organiser. There's a misconception that union staff work for the members. The fact is, they don't. They work for the elected, and if you're lucky, they're actually genuinely elected union officials. But most of the time, unfortunately, they're people that have been appointed who they're the bosses that run the union offices. So, uh, yeah, that, that one, uh, playing that card doesn't work. What does work, though, uh, is, and we'll go through some positive things to do in just a moment, but so don't turn around and create a task list for, for union staff. You're not their boss, and you really what you're after from union staff is assistance. And... Really, the level of assistance you're going to get from a union office or union staff people, it depends on their boss. So collegial is where we're going to get to. Things to do in this situation. Um, when you run the meeting, basically, this is the most important thing about meetings. Because, well, what's the point of having a meeting? We know what the issues. The point is not about knowing what the issues is and that you know Jack and Jill and what the, where the concerns are. By organising a meeting... What you're doing is sending another very strong signals for what you uh, to the union office as well as to the employer. First thing to do at this meeting, though, is that you need to get consensus from your coworkers about what what the issue is, what they want fixed, what what's a what a fix would look like, and agreement on who is going to do a couple of very simple tasks like taking the minutes, reporting back to the union office, who um, who's going to go and help go and talk others in the workplace who weren't at the meeting to let them know what's happening. Basically, do some mapping, if you like, in, in union uh, lingo and work out who are members or who might be supportive for your side around this particular issue. The other key bit is asking people at that meeting to join the union. So and I'd suggest in the outset, don't just make the meeting for members. Make it for whoever's interested. Always be welcoming and ask other people to join. At that meeting that you're going to sort out, you're going to try to enable people to feel listened to 
and empowered in decision making. This is sounds big, but it's not really a big deal. It's basically that everyone gets a chance to have a, have a say. That the person running the meeting is not the person doing all the talking, or the the one that dominates big chunks of time. You want to hear from everyone what their views are, and you want to very quickly and succinctly get to uh, an outcome about what um, people would like to see happen and a consensus around that. Work out what asks you want assistance with from the union office that you and your co-workers um, can't do yourself. So if it's literally about having a union communication to go around, well, there are lots of union rights in a lot of enterprise agreements around that do actually enable workers to communicate with their other co-workers about what uh, things are of concern of those union members. You can find out more by talking to your union organiser about this, but there is no reason why you can't pass that, that information around. You could work with your other co-workers on a flyer or an email update, and you can do things by having it distributed in your workplace. The whole thing falls down as long as you're making it clear that you're speaking on behalf of uh, members at that meeting, uh, members of the union in that workplace, um, not the union itself. You need union office authorization to put out um, uh, big communications. So that's getting the more tricky ground, but basically keeping it simple. Do most things over the phone or talking face to face with people is a good way to do it. Or a quick quick email to people you know who are uh, you've met, you know, or on your side and the like. So in terms of working out what assistance you need from the office, well, that's things. Sometimes it could be printing. Sometimes it could be legal advice. Uh, sometimes it could be material that you'd like to have that you can um, distribute further. Or it could mean uh, you could work out that you'd like to have a meeting or a um, follow-up with uh, one of your senior or elected uh, union officials to help out with serious issues at work. The important thing is to be collegial with the union organiser, but try to keep it up professional boundaries. The union organiser is paid by the elected officials at the end of the day. They're not paid by you. As long as uh, you know, um, there's this wonderful myth that's played uh, that you know union staff work for you, they don't. Um, there's too many organisers that union staff that have found out the hard way that particularly in the way unions have become, that just because you work for a union, you're not necessarily there to help the union members you're there to help the person that's currently running the business, so to speak. Hopefully, your interests and their interests can coincide and you get a very positive outcome there. But there are going to be times where that's going to be a complete deviation of uh, what's actually happening on the ground. The other part of things to do at the meeting and the outcomes from the meeting is um, keep asking people to join and welcoming people to the union. Having membership forms coming into the union office helps make the case about um, to the union office about more attention and resources being provided for a, you know for a serious issue or, or um, what looks like an emerging workplace campaign. Only having a couple of members and, and not actually having anyone join uh, indicates to the union office they make a decision that it's not worth the, the, the finite resources the union office has got to go and um, uh, support that particular issue you've got. So be really clear about what resources you'd like, what asks you have, what questions you have with the union office, be collegial with them, but also ask people to join. And part of the asking people to join is not just handing over that membership form and, oh, well, they only care about membership. It's a bit more to that because it is about resources. The thing about getting that membership is is also in your interest because you're able to then identify our other co-workers and our members 
And the idea is that through your own activity and the activity of your co-workers, you can effectively, in your own workplace environment, because all workplaces are, are different, whether you're in an office or in a factory or in a retail setting or in printing or whatever, you, as union members in your work in your workplace, are in the best situation to actually represent your own interests. And by doing so, you're in a strong position to ensure that you can relate to the union office in a way that act to actually deliver what you're after. So the key thing here is the power is yours. Last things, don't be a passive union member. That's the key thing. And I've said this on a previous show. You're handing away your power. So your strength is the strength of those you work with. Gain the trust and respect and be open and democratic in your practices with your co-workers. At the end of the day, strong rank and file groups can and do stop often well-meaning union officials from basically playing costume play with your interests or decisions. So it's very important to be well-organized at work to best um, ensure that your interests are actually being represented, not being uh, (laughs) taken elsewhere. Campaign in your union. So it's really important that in your union you you um you're involved and active and you raise issues that you'd like to see change. So at the moment the secure work bill is going on. We've seen that happening uh, across the news. The secure jobs better pay bill and it's moving to the Senate. That's great. Um, with that in mind, um, there are going to be some opportunities for union activists to get more involved and hopefully change things. But key thing will be don't let it leave it to the full-timers to do it for you because they won't get it right so the best thing is to make sure if you want to get the best outcome for yourself and your colleagues is to be involved in it and campaign inside your union don't let some other people take your power so the last thing i want to say is it can sound like a lot of work but really it's not so you know, the odd meeting once every six weeks or uh, once a month even ideally is not really that difficult to do. And it's um, looking at a couple of little activities that you want to have done, uh, things to have issues um, dealt with, and also clear the air and also builds more collegiality with you and your coworkers and makes being in a union a lot more meaningful to actually challenge uh, what problems there might be, but also uh, in a proactive way, create a more harmonious workplace by having people united and acting in solidarity, but also able to succinctly represent to their employers very clearly what interests they have. It can actually resolve problems and not necessarily create conflict in the first first place by having uh, the knowledge there that most people are in the union and what the issues are are serious and need to be taken, taken seriously by the, the employer. Also, by having a strong rank and file organisation, you're also ensuring that you're strongly um, putting forward what it is that you and people in your workplace and what members generally think into the mix very clearly to elect to um, union staff. So anyway, that's a little thing. I was asked to put that some ideas down there. So a couple of times people are interested in that sort of topic. We'll talk more about workplace activism and like in the coming shows, and we'll have a full dull capital show coming very soon our apologies we've been a bit delayed with recording this month as we've both been finishing up um, various other um, projects but stay with us though we will still have more things to come and looking forward to a very active summer if you like this uh, this podcast Benno's Brief is part of Dole Capital 
why not subscribe to Dole Capital and become a Patreon? We're at Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash D-O-H-K-A-P-I-T-A-L for our Patreon. And we are on Facebook and active on the Twitter handle at Dole Capital. Thanks again and for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Cheers.